We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, friends. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball Group Therapy. You're joining me on Friday night about 1045. It's October 7th for those who are listening in the future. It's about an hour after the Dallas Mavericks fell to the Orlando Magic 10, or I'm sorry, 110 to 105. Uh, it's the only home preseason game for the Mavericks. They play one more game next week against the Utah Jazz. And According to the broadcast, they'll also have sort of some kind of inter-squad scrimmage. Uh, just for a quick recap, for anybody that didn't follow along, uh, all of the rotation players played this evening. Uh, there was nobody on the injury report except for Davis Bertans. We got an early look at the rotation, and it, the one sort of out, like unexpected element was Jaden Hardy starting which uh, could either be viewed as sort of a reward for a game well played the other night against Oklahoma City, or if you really like uh, overreacting to things, perhaps it's, uh, uh, an element of what they're hoping to to get just a few minutes a game from him if he would play with the starters. I'm not really sure. Uh, it was a really fun game from Luka Doncic. He and Christian Wood showed some excellent chemistry uh, in pick-and-roll situations, Christian Wood had an outstanding offensive game again, sort of showing you know the full element of what he can do between outside shooting, putting the ball on the floor, post moves, a little bit of everything. Really fun to watch. Uh, foul drawing, I had a great time um, watching him. We got to see Tim Hardaway Jr. play for the first time since January. That was really uh, delightful. Um, you know, the Mavericks ended up losing because the end-of-bench guys that uh, we probably – don't need to spend too much time on, you know, didn't really connect and couldn't find the, the basket, but that's okay. So why don't you, uh, why don't you do me a favor team? You know, some of you have already put the request button in. Remember speaker request, uh, be watching your name when you're talking. If there's no light up around your name, that means we can't hear you. Uh, we'll come up here. We'll get some takes off, uh, overreactions, underreactions, anything you guys want. Let's try to, uh, you know, get in and out of here within like 45 minutes because I'm tired uh, <laughs> and we got a long season ahead. All right, coming up first is my man Chris. Chris, were you at this game tonight? Oh no, I'm I'm actually going to the to the Grizzlies game. The oh, first, that's right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You game. told me this. Excellent. So, did, yeah, I don't even. I live like four hours away. Were from you Dallas, able to watch this to on um, Bally? Oh yeah, yeah. Watch it on Bally Sports and just thank God we have Mark Falwell because that other guy was like. It just shows it's like, oh, man, I just – Mark Follow was the GOAT. Look, the other guy was just, like, sucking up to Derek Harper the whole well, night. Well, you know, I'm a sassy man, as all of you know, and I'm occasionally mean. I will say that doing play-by-play strikes me is incredibly difficult. <laughs> so, you know, and particularly on a preseason <laughs> game where it's just you got to talk about stuff, you got to keep the conversation going when the game is slow, so – you know, I, I yeah. understand why you felt that way, but I'll just say I'm glad I don't have to do it. Yeah, I actually met Mark Follow. It was because uh, I went to the Game 3 uh, Golden State Warriors series 
doesn't know. Uh, I've seen thousands of Mavs games, you know, uh, here, here's broadcast that I actually got just ran into him right after the game. Uh, felt we're, we're getting a selfie, but you know, it's like, I met him, Jessica Wade and, and Devin Harris around on this playoff. So it was kind of cool seeing all these guys that, you know, especially Devin Harris, cause he actually played for the Mavs. So that was, that was pretty cool. Uh, but going to this game, uh, I'm getting at, at this game. Yeah. So Luca's awesome as always uh, Christian Wood. Oh, okay. So sixth man of the year here, 2023. I, I'm calling it, man. If he can stay healthy, I, I just, I'm really excited about Christian Wood. You think Wood. they're going to be able to keep him in the six-man role? I don't think they're going to be able to keep I him in it. I don't think so. I, I, I don't know, man. I, I, He's showed tonight just from one preseason game. I don't know. Yeah. But, I mean, with Luka going on the bench, I mean, he's not going to be out that much. But I think uh, maybe Christian Wood's a spark off the bench, but he's not a guard. So, I, I don't know. But he can hit, he can hit threes. That's just, I'm excited I mean, he about might be their third-best ball handler. There was that move that he did from the left corner. Um, it was mm-hmm. in the third quarter, and it was just a beautiful basketball move. And not many guys in the Mavericks can can do like like el- like execute that level of ball handling. There's he's going to be fun to watch on offense. Obviously, he's not going to be able to do this sort of stuff every game. But Josh Bow was just telling me he thinks that a lot of people who haven't really followed Wood don't understand he's actually pretty efficient. It's not like he's a high volume yeah. guy putting up stats on a bad team by getting up a lot of shots he's fairly efficient with with his usage yeah and he's going to get the best shots he's ever had playing alongside Luca. i mean I, i've seen all the maps games i mean they're going against the rockets and i just hardly ever remember wood playing all that great yeah. so but with uh you know i think uh, derek harper was mentioning the trainer you know all all summer long was making sure that you know christian wood was getting his con- conditioning up he looked great i mean it's just one preseason game but this is what we're looking forward to we lost brunson but we've just like what our entire starting lineup is like what, six five or taller. I mean, we, we just a big team now. Sure, so we're gonna go in whoever we play in the playoffs, so we don't have to worry about the whole. Uh, as long as everybody's healthy, I mean, not gonna have to worry about the whole rebounding thing. The whole Tim Hardaway. Uh, I know it's one game, and I know it's preseason, but damn it, he's he's playing like last year, where he was like just jacking up these impulsive three point shots. It was just, I mean, I think he had one or two fall, but oh man, I don't know about him, man. Like ever since he got that bag, I just feel like he just look, man. Know, Tim, Tim, Hard- or, Tim Hardaway giveth, Tim Hardaway taketh away. Yeah, you know, you got. <laughs> there's a little bit of everything with the Tim Hardaway experience, but I'd rather have him than not. Yeah, because I just as I watch these guys, particularly as they got deeper into the bench, like I'm really, really psyched about the Mavericks sort of top eight. But then you get past that, and I I start to. If there's something to take away that's negative from this, it you know, or be you know, concerns for the game, it's that I don't feel really confident in anybody like Hardy. If we could sort of consider him a ninth man in the rotation, you know, you look at um, like here, here would be my my sort of eight man rotation as I'm thinking about it right now: Dorian Finney-Smith, Reggie Bullock, Javale McGee, Luka Doncic, Maxi Kleba, Tim Hardaway, Christian Wood, Spencer mm-hmm. Dinwiddie. Is that eight or nine? I might have listed eight. I might have listed nine. So I wouldn't even yeah. count it. No, that's <laughs> that's that's eight. No, that's eight right there. Jaden okay. Hardy would be ninth, and then you know we didn't see Powell at all in the first half, which was really something. We didn't see Frank Nilakina. We saw a little bit of Josh Green, but it's like you get past those initial eight and you get into the Jaden Hardy, the Josh Green, the Frank Nilakina of it all, and that's where I think this the I, I just have concerns, and uh, you know. Uh, this is not me being a negative Nancy, but go look at the other powerhouse teams in the Western Conference. The Clippers are sort of the, the the team you want to compare yourself against, and the Clippers run deep. And that's just sort of the nature of, of basketball. You need to have a deep team or you need to have great health. And Mavericks were pretty lucky last year with the elements of that. So, I don't know. It's it's not a, a like a supreme worry for me at this point. It's more of a, like, I loved the way those top eight guys looked, and then everybody else was kind of like, oh, no. As long, as long as we got Luca to play the way he does, he's just going to make everybody better. But man, Josh Green, he just, dude, against the Magic, a preseason team Magic. I mean, he just run, just trying too hard. Like I, I'm sure he's good in summer league or you know playing pickup basketball. But damn, when he gets on an NBA court against NBA players I, I, in a regular game, he's just not good. I, I, I don't know. Let me ask you this. Would you feel better about him if he hadn't fallen over on that dribble move? 
<laughs> Probably. <laughs> that was like that was kind of the uh, come on. Everything else he did yeah. was not. When he did that, yeah. I'm like, oh, bless your heart. Right before you. that, he had finished an alley oop from Hardy. It was yeah. just like everything. <laughs> He just goes 110 miles an hour. He just needs to slow his roll, just like chill. But anyway, but yeah, I uh, probably won't. Uh, oh yeah, I guess Luca probably won't play the next game. But yeah, looking forward to the season coming up. So. Good man, good. Thanks for starting us off, Chris. We'll talk yep. soon. Thank you. All right. Okay, I gotta let somebody jump the line because he hasn't asked to talk in a really long time, and that's funny because he used to be a stalwart contributor to my show, and then I think his air his, his AirPods busted. Xavier, what's happening? Did I press the button? No, I didn't. There you go. Xavier, what's happening? Just living a dream, Kirk. So a um, couple things. I think the whole is Christian Wood going to start, is Javel McGee going to start. I think it's overrated. If I'm kid, right, if I'm an intelligent basketball coach, I think it's more about staggering Luka and Christian Wood. We've seen that Christian Wood is a three-level scorer. And so you can put him on a second unit and you can essentially run your offense through him without having a primary ball handler out there. He's going to create mismatches on the defenses, which is going to create open looks for the other players on the second unit. With JaVale McGee, can you imagine a Frank Nick Nilekina, JaVale McGee pick and roll in the second unit? Like that just makes me want to throw up. And I think Kidd is looking at it like JaVale McGee is going to be maximized, start with some minutes with Luca early so they can get the whole rim running thing working. We'll get Woods hits touches with the second unit. But ultimately, I think Wood, as long as he can, as long as he can, you know, play the five and, and rim protect competently enough, he's going to be closing games for us. And ultimately, that's what matters. Sure. But if you want to maximize McGee, if you want to get Wood his touches and his minutes, then you just stagger him and Luca because, again, we don't have that, that secondary ball handler. And they lied to us, Kirk. They told us Josh Green was playing one-on-one -on -one and two-on-two -two with Kyle Lowry. And, man, he was his new <laughs> – I thought I was expecting him to average 2.0. He looked better, Kirk, though. Feel, He's looked better than Frank. Kirk, he got two don't, Kirk, Frank don't. with zero assists. Kirk, don't do that, Kirk. Kirk, he's terrible. Anytime he didn't dribble the, the ball off his foot, I was standing up and applauding. I'm like, thank God. You know what I'm saying? He's just, look, he's just not that guy. And that's okay. You know, he's going to go out there. He's going to get in his daily steps. He's going to get his workouts in. And steps. <laughs> that's what he's out there for. He's out there to do cardio and hit his 10,000 steps a day. And God bless him for that. But as far as contributing to a meaningful basketball team, he's just not there yet. Um... And so, oh, but hey, I told you guys about Wood, and I think defensively, honestly, the only thing I was watching today was Wood's movement on defense. Was he engaged? Is he following some of the principles that kid wants, which is when we abandon weak side, is he making the proper rotations? Now, sometimes Bamba and um, I'm the other guy, the rookie, they were hitting threes in his face, but they're going to hit threes in everybody's face. That doesn't mean he can't play defense, but he's, is he making the right rotations on the back end? Does he know where to rotate to? And I think he was engaged that in takes doing time. that. And that, that was encouraging. He'll get better at that. But at least he wasn't just out there just wandering like a chicken without a head. All his movements were with purpose. And ultimately, that shows that he's brought into the defensive system, which is going to allow him to close games for us. And that's the key to our season right there. And so that was encouraging. And that's what I'm going to continue to track to early in the regular season. But don't pay any attention to whether or not he starts. That's It's about maximizing the one-way players that we have. And so that may be the best thing for us. It's like when Simmons and Embiid played, right? They just they, they staggered him. When KD and Kyrie, they staggered him just because they need somebody like that to put pressure on the defense at all times. But when the games are being closed, you know who's going to be out there, and it's not going to be JaVale McGee. But that's that was my observation. So hopefully I didn't ramble for too long. No, no, I, I I missed you. We want you in here. We want like because that you, you were listening the other night when it took me half an hour to bring up Christian Woods. I had no guests for you know we had a lot of people talking for a while, which is just fine. But then I I, I lightly criticized Wood, and everybody's like, "Hey, no!" <laughs> and see that we just we need that sort of spice in here. It's fun. Uh, well, thanks for joining us, buddy. Appreciate you, Kirk. All right, let's see who's coming up next. Uh, who did I have here? We had an order. Brandon, how you doing? Hey, Kirk. What's going on? Uh, well, just to because uh, the whole Christian Wood on defense—that's kind of what I wanted to initially talk about. Uh, so I, I won't spend much on it. But he looked active. He looked engaged. Uh, he just—he just looked better. The vibes were better with Christian Wood. So I think we'll probably have a season-long vibe check with him. Uh, I, I hope it's not the Kristaps Porzingis 
situation where I have to get my offense going before I start playing defense. I, I hope it's, you know, just brings the energy full time. But uh, I, I got to say, I, I don't agree with Xavier a ton aside from Spencer Dinwiddie. And uh, I actually do agree that staggering Luca and Wood is kind of better for our offense, especially if we can bring Spencer off the bench too, because I think I, I heard a long time ago that you want your big to kind of match with your, whatever type of guard you have. So if Luca, you know, he matches with a rim rolling big really well, Spencer is the one who wants to drive and get to the rim. So a big who spaces the floor more, you know, kind of like Maxi or Christian can fit a little bit better with him. So I think that could really help our bench units, of course, uh, you know, so our offense doesn't look like crap whenever Luke is out. And uh, that would kind of point us back to what you you talked about with Jaden Hardy. If he, I mean, the, the first 20, 25 games, like, He's gonna he's gonna be a rookie. He's gonna dribble the ball off his foot. He's gonna get stripped. He's it's gonna be bad at times. I'm just curious to see if he's gonna be able to grow and develop enough to where mid season, end of season, as they make their playoff push, to see if he can be a, a valuable contributor. You know, maybe 15 minutes a game, kind of like the Dwight Powell role last year. Yeah, I, I just I honest to goodness do not know. I I would love to see it in that I like watching guys that I don't have firm opinions on, particularly early in the season. And I've watched Hardy a number of times. I see a lot of room for growth, but I don't know what the learning curve is and what expectations are from the Mavericks. And like I wrote in the Josh Green preview I did, giving the Mavericks anything at a certain point becomes a bonus. And so the, the Hardy stuff is really going to be interesting for me, and I'm probably really going to be rooting for that just because I think he – like right now I, I mainly see him as, as like a catch-and-shoot, one-dribble guy. If he dribbles the ball anything other than a straight line, I'm a little worried. He doesn't see like second defenders very well. Um, but, again, he only had one turnover tonight in 20 minutes, but he, you know, got a lot of, he also got 10 shots up in 20 minutes. So – you know, I, I, he, he'll be a fun guy to overreact to because there's just – he's still got a lot – you know, he's a little bit older. You know, he's only one year younger than Green, um, but he's still got a lot of learning to do. He's also got a lot of, like, filling out to do. Frankly, I think he's got a really good frame, good athletic guy. I don't know. I'm going a, I'm to a really enjoy uh, the, the Hardy experience because he'll probably come with some ups and downs, but what would be really fun is if he actually played some minutes because I've sort of come into the situation coming into the year, you know, after talking to people during summer league – where it felt like he might spend a lot of time with the G League. And if that's not the case, you know, that could be fun. For sure. I was expecting kind of like maybe he plays like 500 minutes the entire season. So hopefully hopefully more than that. But before I get out of here, you, you mentioned experience. The experience I can't wait for, I, I am dreading and am excited for, is the JaVale McGee experience, like, full spectrum. He had the, like, almost Giannis-like play, and then he had the ugliest-looking free throws, and then he had the goaltending that, I mean, it was goaltending, so that sucks, but also, last year, I don't think there's anybody who could on our team that could even come close to making that play. He had the three-pointer attempt from the corner. He was, I, I, he was so go- gassed by the end of that six minutes. Either he was loafing or he was gassed, and I tend to believe it's the the latter just because he he does have asthma, and he really has only always been like a short burst guy, like five to six minutes, which is just fine. You play him five, six minutes, rotate him out. You know, he plays 17 minutes a game. That's great. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, he is not a 25, 30-minute-a-game guy, but I I can already tell he's going to drive me absolutely nuts, but also he's going to have moments that I'm going to absolutely love him. Sure. I am here for that experience. All right, Brandon. Well, thanks for joining us tonight. Absolutely. All right, we'll talk soon. All right, coming up next, who do I have in order here? Let's go with Sean. How you doing, Sean? How much of the game did you catch from uh, from across the world? Uh, I just won the second half, which is quite sad <laughs> because it's and I'll be fully honest. I didn't see the entire fourth quarter. It was. I mean, like, that that's the issue with preseason games sometimes. And 
Like if I wake up at 8 a.m., I usually like I've already woken up a little late for the game. So it's just like show the respect, just tune in, see what's happening. I saw Dwight Powell on the court. I'm like, damn, maybe made a mistake. Uh, but but nonetheless, uh, I've just been catching up on the game all morning, and I I'm so sad that people are telling me that Frank Nilakina had a bad game. I have really high hopes for Frank, and uh, I hope he can bounce back. T- Tyler Dorsey stinking it up does not surprise me at all. And uh, to what Xavier said earlier, I think 110% through the at least the first two months of the season, Jason Kidd will do anything but start Christian Wood because when he started Dwight Powell over him in, in the first preseason game, I think he has really like set plans for Wood in that second unit. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that. So maybe we do get staggered Luca and Wood minutes. As long as they're all on the fourth quarter at the end, it's um, I think it'll be fine, relatively speaking. McGee is not in the position to play big minutes anyway. Like he's too old for that. Maybe maybe he gets over 25 minutes. But even that, I I'm not too sold on. Christian Wood's going to be fine in this team. He's looking good. I think like over time, Sean Sweeney will get him playing at least possible defense because then it's just like pointless for him to be in the situation that he's in on the Mavs. It's a contract here. He better buy in or with all the narratives around him, I don't know like what the outlook for him is if he doesn't buy into what the Mavs are doing. And if he is the issue that, you know, sort of limits us, he's already looking like a great offensive prospect. I think like if we can get him playing consistent defense, the Mavs are in a great spot. Like, we have more depth than I think we were giving ourselves credit, credit yeah, for. I don't think we do. I really don't think we do. I, 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 do I, I, think, I think for the regular season, I think we're perfectly fine, especially considering what we were achieving last year with the depth we had last year. Like, Marquise Chris, when Healthy was getting regular minutes, we saw we all, as a fan base, collectively were ripping our hair out whenever Traber got got any minutes on the floor. So I think for the regular season, there are a lot of good pieces to work with. You can go 11 deep if you want to, 12 deep if you want to. And for the regular season, that's fine. And we know that with Jason Kidd, with what we saw last year, there are going to be like pains. But I think if he can figure it out like last year, by the time the playoffs come, I think we can have a great roster but they need to like fit into the system together. We, yeah, it happened last year. I'm curious how some of this stuff like shakes itself out in the wash, so to speak, because the the Christian Wood figuring out rotations comes with commitment to it and time. Like the Dallas defense really didn't start working until like January 15th, maybe a little earlier than that, kind of maybe late December, and then it worked really well for about 45 days. And then everything started to kind of come apart at the seams again. Only the Dallas offense at that point had picked itself up to where it was really looking good. And that just happens over the course of the season. Things wax and wane, and there's elements of, of what can go on. I just sort of like, – you, you think we have pretty good depth, and, and I hear what you're saying because the Mavericks really did play like eight guys a ton down the stretch. But I just – I find myself wanting more depth than I'm comfortable with. And – Maybe that'll, maybe I'll change my tune on that. You know, we had somebody in the chat say, Hey, you know, we had three ball handlers last year that worked out pretty well. And I, I just, I agree with that. I think that, that the options are like Luca has like a 45% usage rate when he's on the floor. <laughs> and then like what, and you know, and maybe like Woods, uh, uh, Luca and Dinwiddie like spend as much time on the floor apart from one another. Like, you know, that sort of usage and rotation. I'm not sure. I mean, I saw a lot of positive stuff tonight with the guys that I'm really confident in. Um, and then I saw a bunch of stuff that really concerns me about guys that I'm not confident in. Like the Frank Nilakina experience is so confusing. He hit yeah. a baseline jumper after pumping and stepping into a dribble, a tough 17 footer. And then two plays later missed an air ball three from the top of the key, like off to the left by like a foot and a half. Like what, what yeah. is happening? It's, it's tough. But again, preseason, I don't want to be unhappy about anything. It's just it's just weird. I'm only unhappy about Tyler Dorsey. <laughs> that's all. I'm just salty about it. Like I, I I I still can't justify from any perspective why that was the move we made. 
be it a two-way, be it a roster spot, I don't know, whatever. There were so many other, like, routes you could have gotten instead of, like, getting another, like, a player that we already have three of on the roster, you know? Like, that skill set, I don't know what he brings. So, like, okay, like, I hope, like, he has, like, a regular season game where he goes off for 16 and we're like, wow, we doubted you. Uh, you might be an NBA player. If that happens, I'll take, I'll be happily proven wrong. And like, cool, Tyler Dorsey is possible. I'm not even going to say good. He's possible because I don't think he's possible right now. He's but let's see again. He's second skinny. game of three season. He's smallish. Like, he's, he's listed yeah. at five. Uh, completely unrelated, but this just. People told me he might be like forward depth. Like, no. I've said that, that, I've seen that discourse. I was like, I was he's like, Scarecrow. Yeah. Anyway. Well, thanks for joining us, man. You got anything else? Um, no, I'm just happy. I think this is the first time I've come into a Spotify live since the season ended. Yeah, I didn't do so as many over the summer because it's like it, it becomes one of these yeah. things when there's less basketball to talk about that I only get myself in trouble. So thank you for joining. Cool. I uh, hope you have a good rest of thanks your day. Yes, thank you. You too. Have a great evening. All right technology talking to somebody from across the planet love to see it adam what's up man it's been a long time how you doing long time yeah hope, uh, hope you're having a good evening here uh, a couple of thoughts I, i'm a i'm a i'm a rockets fan as uh, i think you good know game from your guy tonight second year second year guard um shoot what's his name your number one overall pick last year i'm losing uh, my mind yeah, yeah, yeah. I, w- I want to talk about Christian Wood, though. That's fine. Go ahead. The Christian Wood experience. Thank so, you, Manny. Jalen Green, I'm losing my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's seven, seven of 16 tonight. But, yeah, I, I, uh, I like the team so far, what I've seen. Um, with Christian Wood, he strikes me as, like, an only child. Um, you know, like, when you have brothers and sisters, you're, ma- you're naturally competitive. You know, you're a little bit more competitive, right? You know, there's only so much food. You know, you got to get the dinner table, you know, um, you know, one of the first few kids. He seems like a, a guy that you got to, you know, you got to continue to boost his ego, give him affection. You know, so you're going to need Jay Kidd and, and, and Doncic to, to, you know, to sprinkle quotes. You know, I think, you know, it's a travesty if he's not considered, you know, the sixth man of the year. I think he's the second best player on the team, you know, potentially. You got to just, you know, sprinkle, sprinkle that because you're going to need to give him some tough love. And I think... With with Christian Wood and like a, a lot of players, you know, like you got to give you got to give them some love before they'll take some criticism, and that criticism, I think, from at least last year, it's got to come from somebody he respects, and I think ideally it's it's got to be from Doncic. So you know, when when he's missing defensive rotations, that's where Doncic can yell at him and and can be- he though? Because Luca's also missing defensive rotations. <laughs> Yeah, but but still, you know, like it's uh, it's it's a it's a double edged sword. And also, I, I think ultimately, I think it's best if Christian Wood starts. You know, some of it is, you know, his own, you know, self image and his ego a little bit. But also, I think you know, if if he's coming off the bench, that means he's the focal point. And and on offense, I don't, I you know, there's not a lot of concern that I have with Christian Wood. I think at the, at, against the bottom third teams of the league, he's going to average 20 and 10 against the middle, middle, you know, middle, you know, third of the league. He's going to be pretty disappointing, you know, against the best teams in the league. I think, you know, that's where he gets really, you know, motivated. I, I remember a, a game from last year against the Warriors where he you know, scored nearly 20 points in the first quarter. You know, there's certain things that motivate him. So there's there's going to you know, there's got to be a lot. I hope there's a, a team psychologist that's basically like we got to. You know, that, that's really kind of doing Christian Wood work, you know, nonstop about how to keep this guy motivated because he, he's he's just, a you know, he's probably a guy that was you know, always, you know, had supreme talent, you know, at the high school level, you know, and just at some point that talent catches up. And when you don't put in the same level of effort, you know, you, you start to fall short a little bit. And and I, I think, you know, if you if you if he comes off the bench you know, that's when you don't, and, and he's not playing with Doncic as much, you know, or it's, or somebody that he respects enough to take criticism from. 
I think those defensive lapses are going to become, you know, you know, more, more frequent. And um, like, like tonight, you know, Christian Wood on defense, he, he has all the tools to be a good defensive player. You see him out on the perimeter. He moves his feet really well. You know, he stays in front of those quick guards. It's just, there's certain things that are just like, just common sense. You know, like you, I think Cole Anthony driving to the baseline in the first quarter, you know, he doesn't extend his arm. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't contest shots a lot. It's just certain, like certain things that just have to be like muscle memory. And those are kind of those habits that hopefully will, will build over time. Um, But ultimately it's, it's going to, you know, it's going to be a roller coaster. And, and I, I think, for better or worse, it's going to be on Doncic uh, more more so than even Jason Kidd to to kind of keep him in the right mindset and kind of you know mix in kind of the right you know the right combination of love and and criticism um, for Christian Wood to keep him on track. But um, the silver lining in all this, I think this plays really well to Doncic's uh, you know MVP um, claim this year because this team without a second ball handler, if he's able to to make to make McGee look like a competent center playing 20, 25 minutes a game. If he's able to make, you know, by some you know miracle, make Christian Wood even be considered for an all-star spot or kind of, you know, in contention in the top two for sixth man of the year. And this team wins 50 games. I think, I think it's hard not to, to vote him, you know, uh, MVP this year. Um, and one last thought, I apologize for kind of speaking so much. On this. this is great. Uh, I feel like the last two months of like draft talk has just been like, it feels like it's all for nothing, right? Like it's, all, you know, we're all, everybody's gung ho about Chet Holmgren and, um, and, and Van Caro, but ultimately it, it's, you know, it seems like Chet, you know, Chet Holmgren to me is like an Atari and uh, Victor uh, Wembenya, when, when, yeah. he's like, he's like oh, a PlayStation yeah. it's so, it's like, like, he's like a PlayStation just six. Fine. He's been, been released, you know, like, it's so painful because it's like, there's, I've been paying attention to this draft for quite some time because a couple of guys I play video games with regularly are like hugely into the draft. And there's seven dudes in this draft who would all go number one in last year's draft. <laughs> like all of them. Van Jaro's like a really fascinating, like he's huge. And all those guys are better. Uh, some of the the dude at Arkansas, the Thompson twins, Scoot, Victor Wembanyama. There's, it's kind of insane. And I'm, you know, we were we were laughing about this in our Mavs Moneyball group chat. Uh, that it just feels like prophetic that Scoot and Wembanyama will somehow come to the Western, like to the to the Southwest Division, like the Rockets and the Spurs, and just you know have have like five six of like the last eight best prospects of the last decade all be in one division, it would just, it would make me very upset. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, like Holmgren and Ben Carroll, especially, they just, we didn't feel this way before, but they're just so prototypical, you know, like they're fine. They, right. They're dudes. Exactly. I, I I'm, I'm a little bit more positive. Maybe I'm biased with Jabari Smith because his shooting has come back Ooh. at least in these first two season games. But like, I, I just, you know, I, you know, he, you know, his, his, if he's, if he's an elite shooter, if he's a 6'10", Clay, Clay Thompson, that's amazing, right? That, that's his peak, right? You know, uh, hopefully, but, um, but I'll, I'll leave it there. Um, and, you know, thanks for kind of taking my feedback. No, of course. Thanks for coming up, Adam. I always appreciate you. All right. Coming up next, then we have a couple more folks. Let's fly through them. Krishna, what's up? Hey, Kirk. I finally actually watched Yeah, this much game, better game so to watch. <laughs> I watched like two thirds of it. I, I watched the fourth quarter, but I don't actually know what I watched. Um, like, I agree with you. You know, you said you feel confident about the eight players. Like obviously Luca is going to be Luca. Christian Wood was fine on offense. He doesn't know defensive rotations, which is to be expected. Um, Josh Green, like again, it's the same thing. Like I feel like we're always in Groundhog Day with all the players we have where we say like, Oh, Josh Green will make mistakes. He needs confidence. Jaden Hardy has form. He needs to like learn how to apply everything in the basketball situation. And Frank Nielakina is a flash in the pan with defense more often than not. And it, it, it's very groundhog day ish with this team. And I kind of feel like this 
I, I don't even know how to feel about the season anymore because it, it feels very roller coaster ish where we go. You mean heading in right now? Yeah, because you know, one moment you're so high, and then the next moment you're thinking, well, "What is this team even going to do?" Well, let me ways? let me offer some perspective then. Here's the thing: they the because I feel very confident in their starters and in their initial rotation guys. I think the Mavericks have a very high floor. I don't know what their ceiling is. Okay. You know, there's a few people in the chat that probably think that the Mavericks are going to win a shit ton of games. I certainly think that's within the range of possibilities. But with somebody like Green, for example, it is best for the Mavericks to get for Green's contributions to be a bonus than for them to need Green. I don't think they need Green right now. I think they will need Green. And that's a matter of can that can that work itself out over the course of the year? I agree with you. I, I completely agree with you because you like you said, like the top eight guys, you have confidence in the top eight that they will perform to a certain level and extent, not just in the regular season, but you know, the players. Like I feel confident we'll make the playoffs. That's not absolutely questioning sure. here. Yeah. The questioning is like, okay, where are you going to be in the playoffs? Because that's that's always gonna be up in the air. Like you can be a really good team and just like you can still not do great in the seedings because of a really bad stretch or injuries. Like you just don't know. But like yeah, like you're saying, you don't know what the ceiling is. And I think it's it's so funny, like hearing some of these takes. Not that like I think some of them were interesting. I'll I'll put it like that. But you know, Josh is Josh and Hardy and you know, even like Tyler Dorsey, you don't want them to be people you rely on, like you're saying. No, but it'd be nice to find some money. You know, Brent Brent Brooks, one of our Mavs Moneyball contributors, he's coming up maybe after you. I'm not sure what the order is. But he he keeps talking to me about, like, finding change in the couch cushions. It would be nice if the Mavs did that. They used to do, you know, Maxi Klebo was that. Dorian Finney-Smith was that. They found something like that in some time. And, okay, like, for all the hate that, you know, guys like Dwight Powell gets or, like, Jay Crowder, like, neither of them, like, when Jay Crowder was here, like, neither of them were anything when they were initially on the Mavericks. Like, Dwight Powell, like, how many people realize he's the longest-tenured Maverick on this team? Like he's, he's He came at the building. He's been yeah, with the franchise since 1980. Exactly. Like, like he's been there for so long. Or, like, when before Jay Crowder, like, actually became a, a somewhat okay NBA player for most of the time, like, he was not very good with the Mavericks for a while. Like, it, it's about finding these players and getting something out of them. And the Mavericks, like you said, they didn't do that last season, really. I, maybe Frank, but Frank is not, like, uh, Frank is not that. He was a... He was very much a utility player for a very specific situation, which you have no idea if you're going to be in again. And that's not necessarily bad, but that's such a, it's like having a, it's hard to explain. You know what it's like? Frank is like a key, but he is a key for only one door. He's not a universal key. That's it. That key is to play really good defense as a wing when he has other offensive players and creators around him. That's kind of it. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. You know, you always want wings, but it's a very 50-50 thing. I, I, I think it's just interesting. Like, we're always going to get really high, really low, and the season will have its moments and its downs. But, you know, it's. I think the good thing for me is Christian would like the body language stuff I wasn't too worried about. I felt like it was more of a – I don't really understand like what I'm doing on defense and less of a, I don't want to play defense. I feel like, Um, you know, you think about what he had to play in Houston and Detroit. It's not like he was necessarily playing on defensive first or defensive stalwart teams. So it, it makes sense that it's going to take time for him to learn rotations though. Yeah. My expectations for him are not to like, come out of, like, nowhere and block a shot. He's not a rim protector. I think he's just But the uh, effort, I feel, is is the it, – there's a con- – he's kind of a demonstrative player like Luca, and you can just see it in the man's body language because he's so big and, and athletic. And when For he's sure. not trying, it's really evident. Uh, and tonight, of he's course, trying. Of course. It's the same with Luca. Like, those guys are so you – know, they're so good on offense that – whether you want to or not, you're going to focus on them on defense because you don't know like, if they go on the break or something, you're watching them. 
So when they make mistakes, it's kind of the most evident and in your face. And I feel like there's always a difference between like Josh Green, like the tripping up. It's not like a effort mistake. It's just a he's not he's not skilled enough kind of mistake. And there's a difference. But I I, I found the last thing about like Luca. I don't think Luca is going to be a leader like that, like super vocal. I feel like if anyone on the team is like that, it's Dorian. Like Dorian is kind of the only person I can imagine calling anyone out. So I don't know. I, I I'm fine. One preseason game. I guess we're playing all the scrub teams. Like, no offense to Orlando and yeah, the the, the preseason schedule is weird. It, 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 it's fine. I mean, then we'll play Phoenix. We'll see how that goes, but it should be good. I mean, hopefully, Mavs fans are more excited than not. I mean, we have a pretty solid team. You have a MVP level player and oh, yeah. a lot of other really good players. Like, we could be in a we could be the Spurs. Like, I hate to say that. You could be the Spurs, where your best player is Keldon Johnson, who I would take Keldon Johnson on this team, but Keldon Johnson would be, like, the sixth man on this team. Um, so it could be a lot worse, a lot, lot worse. No, I mean, I think we're all ready for the regular season. We just got to kind of go through this slog where it's like we're ready to see basketball. Oh, wait, the basketball is not that good because it's not <laughs> real basketball. Uh, and then, you know, so then we got another 12 days till till the season starts. And then we I start do. with a late game. Which the oh, a ten p it's oh it's a it's a West yeah. Coast game right oh that's it gonna is. it sucks I kind of want it to be a repeat of Game Seven it's a blowout at halftime so I'm just like okay I can go to bed now like like I don't want to be up late for that Phoenix well, game well I mean I'm gonna consider but, we should all consider that Phoenix game the 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 Luka Doncic bid for ownership of the Phoenix Suns <laughs> so Luka Doncic yes that would be fantastic I'll, I want other fans to come up sure. so I'll leave it to you Kurt. thanks buddy talk soon. Thank you. All right. Now my guy Brent is coming up. Hey, Brent, what's going on? Brent kicked himself off stage. Brent, invite yourself back up here in a minute. Grayson, what's up? Hey, Kirk. How's it going? Uh, Fun game tonight. Uh, A lot of thoughts, and uh, I want to keep it short, so I'll try to fly through them. Um, But I have a couple of notes um, do you think that we're kind of holding Christian Wood to a higher standard or not even a higher standard, just a different standard than everyone else? And I get that it's because, you know, he wasn't with the team last year. But, I mean, he's looked pretty good, you know, especially offensively so far. And I think it's not crazy to say that he's going to look really good next to Luca this year. Like, I don't think a lot of people are going to argue against that. I'm just curious if you think – that he's being held to a different standard. Yes, he is. And that's specifically because he is the ceiling raiser. Um, Before Jalen Brunson left for the Knicks, he was basically an added bonus. Uh, We were all super psyched during that trade because he basically became the X factor. Is he the guy that helps elevate the Mavericks to the next level? Can they make a championship run? Because Wood adds these things, yada, yada. Then uh, Brunson leaves and, he, you know, second most important, second most talented, second best, whatever you want to call it, that title kind of went firmly up in the air in terms of what the Mavericks needed. And so I think myself and everyone else that is really interested in in how far this team can go, we talk about Wood in a different cadence than we talk about everybody else because if he is good, the Mavericks can be great. If he is fine, then the Mavericks have a ceiling. Yeah, I mean – well, in that case, I feel pretty good so far. I, um, and I do but too. I, I, yeah, I mean, I do agree with that. I think if JaVale, JaVale, if Christian comes out and looks like, you know, 20, 20 points, 10 rebounds a, a night kind of guy, then that's going to be really awesome for us. Um, but, I mean, we'll see. It's, it's still really early, and like everyone else has said, it's really going to depend more on his defense than his offense. Um and I'm still not ready to decide on his defense yet. I do. It does look like he lacks effort sometimes, but like it's still preseason. Yeah, give me give me 20 games. Yeah, I just don't know like if if anyone is really trying 100% all out on defense. Right no, now. no one was. The rotations were terrible, and that's okay. But there were times where you could see process working. You know, they had a six minute stretch in the first quarter where they were forcing tough shots. And that's process. And so much of defense is effort, process, and commitment to a scheme when you don't have, like, that transcendent defensive player. And I like where the Mavericks are going. Yeah, and that's what an 82-game season is for. You know, they have a lot of time to figure this out before it really matters. Um, 
But anyway, I was just looking at our our rotation, and this is a really, really deep team, which is not something that I thought was going to be the case when we lost Jalen. Um, but if you look at it, you know, our top 10 guys, or really our top eight guys are really great. Uh, you got Luca Spencer, Reggie Dorian, uh, McGee, Wood, Hardaway, and Maxi as your top eight. And then you have Green, Burton's, or Bertans, and Powell as your like nine through 11 guys. And, you know, I feel pretty good about that. You know, there is obviously this, the, the concern of needing another ball handler. And I just don't see how they make it past the trade deadline without doing something about that. You know, they don't need to replace Brunson. I think Spencer is a fine second ball handler, uh, but they do probably need to get someone else in there just because, especially in the regular season, someone's got to eat minutes. Um, so we'll see about that. You know, um, it doesn't have to happen now, but I think they will do something. Sure. Well, thanks for joining Grayson. Yeah, of course. I appreciate it, Kurt. All right. We'll talk soon. Okay. Coming back up is Brent. Brent, don't kick yourself off stage. There we go. What's up, dude? Cool, man. Um, I want to talk about Josh Green a little bit. I think the point we're missing here is that if you can go into a laboratory right now and give the Jaden Hardy confidence, the Josh Green athleticism, and the Frank Nelikina defense to one player, we would all be psyched. Uh, but we've got right now the reason Josh Green is preoccupying some of our minds is not about preseason, certainly, and it's not about the first half of the season. When you get into the stretch the Mavericks got into, especially if we get off to a slow start, slow start forced us to play Dorian and Reggie down the stretch far more than we needed to, which you've got to think, as many minutes as they played in the playoffs, impacted the gas tank. We need a functional backup wing that can hang in there defensively and not be such an offensive liability that you can afford to put a Rudy Gobert or whoever your biggest off, uh, offensive, uh, I'm sorry, defensive liability is, uh, whether it's the center or, or whatnot. You, you can't have the same thing happen a second year in a row. And that's what we're all going into this phase of the Josh Green experiment wondering, you know, is it going to be functional to save Dorian and Reggie's minutes in the spring? I don't know. I mean, I I think that you kind of got to like divide the season into thirds or halves where you, you know, or maybe even quarters because 20, 20 games is kind of the benchmark for a lot of like bigger picture statistical stuff, even though it's still really not enough. But if like, we're talking about, you know, uh, kind of team-based numbers, you need just some time for numbers to normalize. And I think for this team, it like that principle applies to what they need for rotations where you got to kind of see how this stuff shakes out. I feel a certain way right now, but I, I could be wrong because, again, these aren't real games. So, I don't know, we're kind of overreacting to maybe uh, – I have one friend who always says that sometimes what we do as fans is like uh, we create solutions in search of a problem. So maybe the stuff will be okay. So I don't know. Well, we've heard so much about how Green has had a, a really good off season, and he looked a little better the other night than he did tonight. I just I saw that frantic twenty twenty one Josh Green a little more tonight. Yeah, and I did. think yeah. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about is uh, McGee and who starts and whatnot. Just think. Let's tap the brakes and think about McGee as an ornamental starter in most cases. I mean, I know nobody played a lot of minutes tonight, but he only played eleven minutes. That may be the range we're looking at on a lot of nights, depending on matchups. And the name that nobody's talked about all show long that we're going to see a lot more of is Dwight Powell. We're going to get a lot more Dwight Powell minutes than anybody's been expecting, even after these two acquisitions. Yeah, absolutely. I just don't know. Maybe he'll be used in, like, mop-up minute time, like 15 minutes here or there. But, like, what kind of minutes are you thinking volume-wise? I think more than you expect. I think that McGee's minutes are going to be managed for the reasons you outlined earlier, and I just don't know that we're going to be happy with Wood being the defensive backup five. He, it's almost like Wood is a positionless player, and he's so incredible that he's his own entity. There's a role for Dwight Powell off the bench, and I just, I'm not saying that I'm excited about it or I want more Dwight Powell minutes. I'm just thinking we should all expect that that's coming down the pike. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, Josh Bowe just described him on the Mavs Moneyball podcast as like he, you know, the way Thanos describes himself as inevitable. It just made me <laughs> laugh because it's like it's kind of you know how this guy finds himself in the lineup. Well, the other thing I was wanting to know is at this point after two preseason games, I know we have one more to go. If if Kirk Henderson got the chance to dole out the second two way, who would get it? Man, I don't know because I think we highly overrate these sort of back end contracts. You know, you got to go with somebody that's going to give. You know, they've not used their developmental tools well the entire time I've been a Maverick fan. Outside of like bringing guy, you know, when they had Dorian Face Smith, Maxi Kleba early in their contracts, like we're going to give these guys a ton of minutes. Everything that's ever been done at the Legends level, I have real questions about. I, I just, has anyone ever come out of the Legends that have made you think, hey, this works, you know, like the way the Toronto Raptor 905 team works out where they've developed two or three guys who have made it up to, you know, the equivalent of like the men, like the the senior team within the organization. I just, I don't know. The, the two-way stuff has, has never really mattered much to me. I wish it could be found money, but they've just never made it work. You listen to Spencer Dinwiddie talk about the early years of his career and how he felt like he was good enough to get on the floor and the Pistons didn't. If you go look at his numbers, he didn't get much of an opportunity. And so you have to wonder how many NBA players that would be good enough if they had time out there and could to mature never get the opportunity and wind up playing overseas and we never really think about them again. Because once the team shifts from kind of where the Spurs are of let's let's find a team again, let's totally rebuild, and you're where the Mavericks are, where the goal is to, to win a championship, certainly go on a long playoff run, there's just not enough bandwidth at the quote-unquote big league level to give guys enough run to mature, which is why when it happens, a.k.a. Josh Green, and we, we want to see maturation, you know, yesterday, because it's well, so that you contribute. We think about guys, I don't want to say like we – most fans think about non-star players, particularly when they're drafted in, you know, the, the 20 to 40 range in a way that's not always helpful. Most guys that get those kind of contracts that end up developing, they don't develop on the first contract. They develop on the second one. Um, and that's really to, to ask a team that's in contention, you know, your Philadelphia 76ers, your Boston Celtics, to have that kind of patience with a guy is next to impossible because you're trying to win. And I don't think a lot, as much talent slips through the cracks as it used to because scouting and this sort of stuff is good enough. I think, like particularly within American basketball, there's a lot of uh, homogeny, how you say it? Basically, like very similar styles of play where guys that come up and want to do stuff. You know, R.J. Barrett, would like to play the same way Luka Doncic does, to have the ball in his hands a ton and to make his way and be a force. He's not as good as Luka Doncic, so he doesn't justify that kind of usage. And it's just it's, it's difficult when, you know, you see these videos over the summer. I saw Pat Bev, like, giving, like, kids a lecture once. Like, if you want to make it in the NBA, you need to find something else to do other than, you know, handle the ball. Like, you're not going to handle the ball at the NBA most, in most circumstances. You're going to be a guy setting screens, running off ball, getting rebounds. And so it's like the – that's why, like, the drafting of Green two years ago was really challenging because he didn't bring anything to the table. That's not his fault. He was a bundle of, of skills. But if the Mavericks weren't in a position to, to work on him for five years, then it wasn't fair to him. Now, granted, he's he's come a long way, and I expect him to have another good preseason game. I, I – honestly, I'm feeling not, like, bullish on Green, but I'm looking forward to seeing if he can actually get time. Like, they need to give him – 20 plus games where he gets the same minute distribution every time they can't jerk him around. He needs a chance to show like he needs a runway to actually do something. I would agree. And all I'm saying about the spring is that by the time you get to that part of the schedule, if he can't be a functional backup for Dorian and Reggie, primarily Reggie, I think, because uh, Hardaway has been talked about as wing depth. He's not wing depth. He's a shooting guard essentially. Uh, in small lineups, he might be a three, but he's not—he's never going to defend like you yeah. want a three. <laughs> he can't defend anybody. Yeah. No. So you get to that part of the schedule. I mean, like like pushing the trade deadline, and Nico and, and the Brain Trust is going to have a big decision to make. What does this team need? And you know, right now, 
the need for a ball handler is obvious. You know, I like my guy. He needs that other two-way contract in right, but I just don't know that, that that's the answer, even though I feel like he's the third best point guard that they have access to right now. We're going to have to go out and make a deal. And if Green's not the answer for the backup wing, that deal may have to be for two players. And, and then you get back to the whole we don't want to trade draft picks right now situation. Yep. So are we stuck, and does that cap how far the, this team can go if we roll into the playoffs as presently constituted? Yeah. Well, again, presently constituted, we're like negative one game before the regular season. So we should all probably like this. is, But this is why I love doing these, because I would rather talk about basketball and like wildly overreact to bullshit than not. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for joining us tonight, Brett. We'll talk soon, okay? Take care, buddy. All right. Last but not least, my man Leo, who's been waiting patiently. Leo, your, your, your audio better work this time. Does it work? Did it work? A little bit. A little louder. How about that? There we go. Okay. So quickly, uh, I've been feeling this way since the start of the off season. Uh, we don't need, I personally feel as fans, we should not be looking at the season as championship or bust, or we need to win more games in the Western Conference Finals. We need to see this as what we saw last year, the year of growth. Yeah, last year we saw growth out of Reggie Bullock just because he shot better. And we, shot, we saw growth out of Dory and we saw growth out of Jalen. We need to see that same kind of growth out of Christian Wood, out of Josh Green and Jaden Hardy in the G League. Because... Look, guys, maybe it's just the fact that we have a Christian Wood contract that's only one year, but this is not the year we're going to win things. This is not. This is most likely the year we're going to go to a second round, and we're going to be happy about that because the West and the East are so much more better this year. What we need to be focused on is seeing how quickly can our coaches keep the defense up. Does coaching, does Jason Kidd's coaching system defensively keep up? Is it only a one-and-go year like he did in Milwaukee? How much growth can we get out of Josh Green? Does he deserve another contract? Because this is the year we decide, do we give Josh Green another contract? Like, we need to see... We've been the Mavericks have been doing a lot of failing forward, failing, failing successfully. We can fail. We need. I mean, uh, not failing successfully, but yes, failing successfully. We need to be failing, failing, but in a good process. What we've been doing recently is just letting Luca win for us. Like last year during our during our uh, our conference finals run, a lot of other teams and other uh, green rooms were like, "Oh, we should do what the Mavericks have done." No, don't, don't expect a player like Luca to come around and fix all of your mistakes that you've done. You need to try and find wings, and you try and find these players that complement your superstar. Well, but you you find those players through like this is where the Mavs got put kind of put the cart before the horse, where they they assumed that they could trade for Porzingis, and you know Luca has made the team good despite the Mavericks' mistakes. Dallas has has not had a lot of opportunities to improve the team because they're not a free agent destination, and they haven't had the draft picks. And that's exactly why, like, these, like, we need to see growth as much as possible, especially out of younger players. Like, we're going to shit on Nilakina, but it's, we need something from him, like, at least growth. If it's not growth, then at least a firm decision of, we are not going to give this player another contract. We need to make yeah. sure that we're not wasting resources, like a player spot, on someone who is not going to get. Well, that's a bear, because teams goal. hate, like, you rarely see NBA teams give up on first round picks. Like, I don't know if you're a football guy, but the Raiders gave up. Like, they basically cut – I think he was a first-round lineman recently. And it's like, that just doesn't happen because NFL teams – because draft capital is so important. The Mavericks will figure out – and I think that – I think it might be kind of a fuck-around-and-find-out situation just how important draft capital will be by the end of this Luka Doncic. Like, you know, I hope he stays with the team for a long time, but that's just – you never really know. And And I think we'll be able to look back and say, wow, we really, as a team – Miss like misunderstood how important draft capital was. How many picks were given up for Shea? Uh, me, it depends. I really think Shea is like that. A lot of people don't feel this way, but but I think Shea's sort of the ideal backcourt mate for Luca uh, because of his size. You know, whether his three point shot is there, is sort of the the X factor because it wasn't last year. Um, but I really like the guy. But it's that that doesn't seem like that's going to be one that materializes. This is. This year is for me. I don't think the Mavericks do anything interesting moves wise, and I even though a lot of teams might be tanking and looking to give things, you know, shed stuff to make their chances better, but I just don't see the Mavericks doing much this year. And I agree with that, but I would say watching how many teams start tanking around December and January right. would be very beneficial for us, just for the practice of you're going against these worst teams, and hopefully you get a lot more run with your younger guys. And you're giving Christian what a little bit of a longer run of a little bit of a longer uh, runway before we hit the trade the trade deadline and see what we actually do with him. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, Leo. How's uh I'm glad you got your your words in there. That was that was an impressive speed run of talking. Uh you're always welcome up here. All right, guys, we're almost uh, on, uh to the hour here. I don't see anybody else up. It's preseason, I think we did a wonderful job over analyzing and overreacting. That's exactly how this ought to go. Um because there's no game until Friday. I may host something midweek. I may just wait till next Friday. It's a long time, uh, a long season. You know, we've already done two. We're hoping to get 100-plus Spotify Lives over the course of the year, you know, because 100-plus basketball games and playoffs and such. So don't want to burn ourselves out here. Got a, one show in the bank for Monday night uh, with Matt Moore of the Action Network talking over-unders. Looking forward to that. Uh, and I'm going to try to interview a few more people before the start of the season just to see what's up. So keep coming to Mavs Moneyball. We have player previews. We have all sorts of things that are worth reading and some stuff that might not be your favorite, but that's okay. Variety of content, variety of authors. That's the whole point of what we're doing. We are dipping into gambling coverage again this year. It's not legal in Texas, but it's going to be eventually, and we want to be ahead of the curve on that one. All right, this has been Kirk Henderson of Mavs Moneyball. Thank you so much for spending part of your Friday night with me, and I will talk with you during the week. It's true that some things change as we get older, but if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and Midi can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's join M-I-D-I dot com.